Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. I'm Ed Byrne, and as my kids get older and the march of time pushes me ever closer to the inevitability of retirement, I've decided I'm in the market for a new hobby. But I seek guidance. So every week, I'll be meeting up with one of my celebrity chums, trying out their favourite pastime, and then interrogating them about it to see if it's for me. And just to make sure I fully divorce myself from the decision-making process, I will also be starting and finishing every episode with a chat with my wife, Claire, in order to fully examine whether or not said hobby is a good fit. This is Ed Byrne Needs a Hobby. Where are you going today? I'm going into that there London, darling, to meet Rialina, because she, you're not going to like this. You're not going to, I don't think you want me to take this up as a hobby. Poker. She plays poker in a club in, in London, in a room above a pub. She does it every week. I think it's a tenner, and then if you're out early, you can buy, you can buy in with another tenner. That's all right. That's like fun poker. Well, exactly. Yeah, totally. And, you know, if you win, you get like 100 quid. You know, it's, I'm worried about when it's my deal. Well, because they're all poker fingers. Yeah, and then I'll be like, shh, 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 you know, and I'll be dropping cards, looking like I'm cheating, looking like I'm trying to fix the deck because it's just such a ham-fisted. Why can't she deal for you? Because I'm not a child. I have to be You have to take your yeah, turn. I have to take my turn. But I'm just I've just got a feeling I'm just gonna look like I'm gonna look either like somebody to be pitied or somebody who's deliberately trying to look like a poker shark. People are gonna think, Oh, he's he's putting this on to try and make it seem like he doesn't know what he's, he's doing. Hopeless. But other than that, I like poker. Probably At least can. it's poker. It's something I understand and it's yeah. unlikely I'm gonna get hurt. True. If you win a hundred quid, pick up some sushi on the way home. Will do. Hi, I'm Rialina and my hobby is poker. First things first, the basics. The style of poker you play, which is the most common type of play, usually in tournaments, etc., is Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em. And that is where you're given two cards each. Yes. 
you play in tables and usually your max table size will be nine, sometimes ten. Obviously, the limitation of the table is down to the size of your deck, mm-hmm. which is actually why it was invented in the first place as a as a variant of poker because you only have 52 cards in a deck and if you give everybody five cards, which is how poker used to be played... And you can't and do you, any changing you, or anything. Yeah, you don't yeah. have any cards left to, to change if you have ten people playing. So what they did is they created this. It was, it was for when um, supposedly the cowboys were doing the circuits, doing the massive circuits over the season, and mm-hmm. there would be a whole bunch of them sitting around the fire playing poker. They went, okay, we'll do it this way. We'll give everybody two cards, and then you have a shared set of five in the middle from which to make mm-hmm. the best hand. That's why it's called Texas. And so the first three cards that go down are known as... The flop. The flop. Can you tell it's a very male-led? Yeah. <laughs> so they... And for some reason, you 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 dis you get rid of one card, you burn a card, and then you, th- then you put three down. In case any of your cowboys double as like magicians and can do right, like a you can do that kind And then the next card is the, the turn, turn card, and then the last one is called the, the river. river. Why is it called? I river? don't know why. It's don't called know why. It's called maybe the river. they play because maybe you put it closest to the river. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And after each one of that, there's a round of betting. You when you first get your cards before any cards are seen, there's a round you of do betting. Some betting. And you then, bet after the flop. And then after the flop. The turn. And then, yeah. Only if you get that far. Yeah. Ideally, they all fold to you. You get it all. If you frighten somebody off the pot by betting big early on, that's. that's a, I'm just saying these are things. Happen. I'm just. I'm just discussing the options for people who aren't that familiar. Before we start getting into the nitty gritty, I went to your poker night, your regular poker night that you go to every Tuesday. Yes. In the, what was the name of the bar again? The Sun. In the Sun, uh, near near Covent Garden, and uh, and I did pretty well. You did better than I did that I, yeah, night. I, I'm glad you said those words. I did absolutely do better than you I did mean, that night. I did attend and I recorded some footage, listeners. Then I had intended to upload all of that recording to my podcast producer on the Monday, but on the Friday night, my car was broken into and my bag was stolen. I'm so, so sorry. It's gone. Could we also change the narrative that you didn't come forth and I didn't go out really early and then oh wait too late? Yeah, you have to admit what actually happened. So listen, a man at one point yelled something at me that I thought was him just giving me my uh, my Native American nickname when he called me when he said um, "limps with monsters." <laughs> limping with no. Did you limp with monsters. I limped with monsters a couple of times. <gasps> I did. I, I, but I did what I would call what others call what slow playing, mean? where you try to represent, you try to make it seem like you don't have as good a hand as you do. You might limp in the middle, maybe. I'm mean, okay. So what were your monsters? So in that, so like, monsters well, no, I had a really couple of hands. times where I had like a pair of jacks or a pair of tens. I had like a big oh. kickoff hand. Okay. Well, all right. And with that, and then rather than going, oh look, I have a good hand here. I'm going to bet a hundred. So you just called instead I of I just sort of called, yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. But, uh, I got, uh, there was one guy that particularly got annoyed with me because I did, he had, he, he suffered a few bad beats at my, okay. at my hand because See, I. This is what excites me is the story of a bad beat because everyone yeah. else, if people are listening, play poker, they'll be like, tell us, tell us how that went and really, you know, tell us what the, you know, tell yeah, us I how could the flop and the turn and the river. Entirely. But, but people who don't play poker will be like, Let's just skip to that the all next seems episode. Fine. No, no. Well, it just <laughs> what happened with poker players do a thing called value betting, where you you bet based on what you think other people have got and on what you've got. And a lot, a lot of time, it's not. Everybody thinks it's all about bluffing and misrepresentation, but a lot of the time, it's down to the maths. Right. The same way that they think comedy is about heckling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it's down to the maths of I've got this. These cards are down there. There's this many people playing. This person's bet this. This person, and you judge what you reckon everybody's got based on. 
And there's a kind of almost an assumption that unless somebody is wildly bluffing, everybody is betting according to the value of what they've got. But if if I, mm. as a newbie player, don't really fully understand, I understand what a what a hand is. But I don't know the exact odds. So my what I'm betting. Wait a minute! You came to my poker night without but having first exact studied odds? game theory. No, exactly. So I'm betting vaguely what I think my hands are worth. Okay. And then and then it's annoying the other people because they're going, but. Like, I'll reveal what I've got. And they're like, what? But you only bet this much on that? And then you bet. So that that's, that's not what you bet when you've you got that her, hand. But you still won. Yeah, I won. Yeah, but, it, got- but, but it was it was in a way that really annoyed people. Because <laughs> it was almost like I was cheating because I wasn't betting according to the big book of there, poker. Yeah, there are always going to be players that follow the math more than mm-hmm. anything else. And they get really annoyed when other people play outside of that. But at the same time, some of the best poker players are the ones that that have embodied and understand the math, the game theory, mm-hmm. and then work around that or play with it in order to be unpredictable. Because if you're completely predictable, people are going to know. You know, people who have a special hand, if you know that 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 one person will play all the great hands, but they also love like Jack Six off, offsuit for whatever reason, for sentimental value, for sentimental <laughs> value, then then you that is information against them to be used when you just look at the board and go, okay, they're acting in such a way that it is highly probable they're playing Jack Six Ox. Can't even say it. Why did I pick that of all hands? <laughs> Jack Six, six Offsuit. Offsuit means that they're two different suits because obviously a flush is when all cards are the same suit and that's worth more than, say, a, a straight where people where things are of different Where the numbers suits. are sequential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just making sure that we, everybody is still on board with this riveting poker chat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I had done that, if the guy thought that I had done that and somehow trapped him by knowing exactly what would make him better then he would have respected me, but he didn't. He could tell. It was like, no, you just bet wrong. And that's why I couldn't tell what you had. So there Which was a total lack of respect. It's kind of the whole point of poker. <laughs> it's kind, I mean, I think, I think by doing it wrong, you did it right. Yeah. The other thing that really let me did down. Did you beat him or did he end up in the top four? No, you were fourth. I ended up did fourth, they, yes. Yeah, but I did. did I, yeah, person, he, didn't even, he, didn't even, he didn't even move to the top uh, table. Right. Left his ass behind. Oh, that was the same night, though, wasn't it? Do you remember there was the other guy at the table who kept playing random things like seven ten? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that that night where um, he would play like seven ten also off suit? And then we get to the end to the river, and normally seven ten because those are quite you know ace is the highest yeah. value card all the way down to two, so seven ten and they're not even matching isn't isn't a great hand and he stuck with it longer this is the thing that people often get rivered which is where you stick with a hand that you probably shouldn't have stuck with mm. and then the river card comes down and it was a seven or it was a ten or it gives him a you know, just a little thing that you would have otherwise folded and now give yes. you a glimmer of hope and, well it did, it gave him winning hands all oh, right yeah but everyone else is there going how did you why did you call my massive bet on the flop when mm. every card was was better than yours on the flop and you have seven ten yeah and he stuck with it and then it ends up like yeah the floppies lose the turn's a 10, the river's a 10, suddenly he has trips. Yeah. Huh. Not a set. Now, okay, so what's the difference between trips and a right, set? Right, trips and a set, which I didn't I didn't even pick up on. So a trips is when you have one card and two come down on the board, then you have trips. But set is where you have a pocket pair and a and third one, one comes, comes down. Yeah. Right. Never, so, see, no. that seems like the exact kind of thing, the exact kind of terminology I get wrong and really show myself up for. Up for. Because the you know other thing that absolutely I felt so self-conscious about was I was dealing like a six-year-old. 
Like I'm <laughs> everybody else yeah, is sitting yeah. there and they're just firing the cards out. And they're not going exactly right, you know, but they're like choo, 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 and they're sliding across the bed. Whereas I'm I'm the only one who stood up to deal. No, no, I do that. You I didn't. Do that. You didn't, though. Well, maybe you not didn't that on the night. Maybe because you of your position and stuff. And you but. shuffle like a fuck, like the something p- out of a cartoon. You <laughs> Dude, it's one of the first things my mother taught me was how to shuffle cards. Mm-hmm. My mother taught me poker. Mm. Uh, my mother was a bit of a, a shark. So she, I remember, I think my sister has it now. Damn her. I need to get it back from her. But my mother had her own pool cue. And she used to play. So she used to drink whiskey, smoke cigars, play pool, play poker. She did all of those things. And so that's... So this all goes back to that then. So your love of poker goes back to your mother teaching you how to play, yeah? I think, well, my mother is, my mother loves games and card games and she's always been very competitive in that way and we've always played games at home. Uh, Mahjong is mm-hmm. always going to come out whenever enough of us are around or at home to do it and willing not everybody likes it's, it's a divisive game. Not everybody likes to play mahjong. Some of us will play it for hours. I have a mahjong hours. set. I don't know how to play. Do you it. want to come over and play with my mom? She would love that. But you'll, you'll is have it to not come. really complicated? I'm really fast. And we'll slow it down for you, white man. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So anyway, we're, we're we're going off track. Mahjong sounds like a fascinating proposal. You're coming, right? So that's a date. Okay. Yeah. That's happening. Right. That's happening. Um, Series two. But you're. This. Your mother taught, taught you to play poker. Why of all the things that... I'm sure your mother must have taught you many, many things. Why of all the things that she taught you was poker with the one you latched onto, would you say? I didn't. I don't think I latched onto it particularly then because we never played it much at home. So okay. at home we played Mahjong, we played Pounce, we would play uh, Gin Rummy. What's the one with the, the sticks on the... Cribbage. Cribbage, yeah. Cribbage, we played that. Um, those are all the ones we played at home. But poker, poker probably like... Like everyone else, I got into it when I left home, went to uni and saw it on telly and just okay. went, oh, I know how to play this. And not many women did know how to play this. And it was, that is the card game everyone plays. Well, it's that or bridge. Yeah. What would you pick? Yeah. Um, bridge. You well, always I don't know need how to play partner. bridge. So. Well, I don't know either. <laughs> and you always need somebody else. And I'm a bit of a lone wolf. I mean, I'm yeah. a comedian for going to sake. So mm. poker was the one. And I, I remember... Um, I think I really got properly into it as an adult when the club around the corner from me, like the mem- just a local community center, started having a poker night on the Tuesdays. And it was, it was a bunch of magicians. <laughs> it was a bunch of magicians that were like, hey, here's a space. Why don't we set up a poker night? And then there was a few, and the magicians and cabaret and comedy all overlapped. So we all, so there was a bunch of people that came to that. And it just became a really nice sort of community thing to go to. I enjoyed the, the community of it as much as, as much as the game itself, which is why I tend to stick to my Tuesday nights rather mm-hmm. than randomly pop into casinos yeah. to just play money against strangers because there is that that element to it. And and so, and I think that's where I managed to get, I think I won the first time I played. I won 90 pounds the first, the first time. Just to, but this is the thing. Again, as a woman in a man's world, you have to assert dominance and you have to assert it early. So I went in there and I just went, look guys, just so you know, I'm good at this. Right. Um, and then thereafter, if I ever lost, I'd be like, I was up all night with the baby. So <laughs> what's, you know, what's your excuse every other week of the year? <laughs> And 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 playing against magicians is probably the best way to get good at poker. Yeah, <laughs> is to play against people that know how to literally palm cards. I know, but I, I that would be the thing that would always be on my mind. Would be did did he even have what he showed me? Like I would just I would feel the constant worry that cheating was afoot. Would be di- just I'd never be able to get that but, out of my head. But that's why winning against them just made it so much more sweet. 
<laughs> is to just go, wow, you cheated and you still couldn't beat me. <laughs> you know, I had an app on my phone and then, and then went from there. And the app wasn't like real money. It was just play, play poker. You are somebody who clearly plays poker just for the fun of it. It's not a, it's not even like a, a second income, as it were. It's like, no, you know, so, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I, well, I was my, be, but... this is my question. I, and I do wonder with, with most people's hobbies, you know, I think a lot of people harbor a notion of trying to turn their hobby into an income stream or into their full-time job. Have you ever had aspirations to be a professional poker player? Yes, but too late. I came to it too late, I think. Because I was already, you know, like I'd already committed to comedy to such an extent that to suddenly change direction or to try and do both at the same time while still being vaguely present for my children as a mother. I I mean, Victoria Karen Mitchell manages to pull off. Yeah, but she did that before she had kids. Yeah, she was. She did. She played before she had kids, and 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 I don't even know how much she she was playing by the time she met David. Mm. But she did all of that when she was sort of you know in her twenties, and and I was doing comedy, and then and then she stopped for a while. Surely there was room in your life to do comedy and poker. It takes hours. Comedy's twenty minutes a day. You know this. I would love to. I keep meaning to like go and do do it. A tournament and just see because I don't know how good I am. I don't know if I'm any good or if I'm really rubbish. I, you know, I read the books and well, I start do with the that. Stats. When you go to a tournament, say that at first with absolutely reel them in. Well, I tend to start when I'm at a tournament with strangers by just going, So are these mine? <laughs> um, to my cards just to really make them all feel confident. Yeah, I find there's nothing more annoying than somebody who genuinely doesn't understand the game and, and then wins. Do you play poker in casinos? I know you, you play I, you this know, tournament. You have a tournament you go to every every, every Tuesday. Tuesday. That's like a you know the pub network. But if you're if you're traveling, maybe you're abroad. Do you ever think I'm going to just going to hit a casino and uh, and play a bit of poker? I used to be a member of. Um, there was a poker room on Shaftesbury Avenue. Oh, yeah. When that opened, it, it was just poker. I joined that and I used to go play that. Certainly after a gig, and it, annoyingly it shut. So I enjoyed and felt because this is the other thing is like poker rooms aren't designed for tiny little slight Filipino women. Um, <laughs> so it's there's there's a there's a balance between going because I want to play and I love the game, and then sitting in a room full of men that have thousands to lose. Right. And aren't necessarily playing, you know, as we were saying, how they were getting mad at you for not doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, You can lose a lot of money playing against people that 
are there to lose money. Right, yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of because reckless players who are just there for, the, yes, for the, exactly. the experience of playing. Which means that they can stand up and be quids in at the end. They could stand up and walk away with 10 grand, but they could also, they're willing to stand up and lose 10 grand. And that's mm-hmm. very dangerous to play against yeah. if you have what I have, which is a limited money pot. That you're going to be playing gonna, in a more strategic yeah. manner. Yes. Their strategy is out the window because they just don't If you're going to do any kind of gambling generally, but you know, but poker especially, you should always have a separate pot completely from mm-hmm. which you play. It should never be something that you just look at your bank account and go, oh yeah, I can, I'll just take a hundred quid out of that. No. Build a separate pot and only ever play from that pot. You never have gambler's regret. You never do that thing of like, I should have bet more. Should have bet more because I won. I'll be honest. I'm more passive in my play generally. So yes, there are going to be times where there was actually the week after you came or maybe two weeks after you came, I was chip leader. You did. You sent me a photograph. Yes. You. That, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I texted back, those could be anybody's chips. <laughs> so so there, was a, there was a hand there where all three of the other opponents, I'm, I can't believe I'm admitting to this. It was actually more than a little embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing, but just one of those hands that you have to let go or you'll go on tilt. Mm-hmm. So I was chip leader. The th- other three players all push all in on the hand. And my tendency, and it isn't it isn't right, and it probably wouldn't serve me well in a much larger tournament. My tendency when a load of other players go all in, because a tournament is a, is a closed system. Yeah. Um, Everybody's when, got a certain amount of chips at the start. Well, we all, well the whole system be some yeah. has a certain amount of chips. Yeah. And it's, at a certain point, you close adding any more money to that system, mm-hmm. which means that when three people go all in against each other, somebody's going out. Going at all in obviously one, means when you if everything two. you've got left. And yes, this is it. push everything you have, yeah. which means that we were going to lose, oh, we could potentially lose at least two people from that and yeah. end up heads up, which is where you just have two players left. So I actually folded my pocket nines, which is a mid-range hand. I mean, when there's only four of you, it's a stronger hand than if there's 10 of you or nine of you at the table. Had you still not seen the flop at this point? No. Wow. No, no, they all pushed a pair all of nines. Is, I folded yeah. a pair of nine. I could cover the, I covered the largest person that had pushed all in. So it, meaning I had more money than I mean, they You could did. afford to lose to so him So I could and have afforded stay. to lose that money and still been in the game, but mm-hmm. I would have been severely crippled yeah. and, and, and would have had a, I would have ended up if I'd lost that to be probably the smallest stack left uh-huh. at the table. So I made the decision to just keep my massive stack, let two people go out and go heads up with whomever was gotcha. left, who would have then also, to be fair, had quite a massive stack. Okay. But, but they probably, they would have, it would have been 60-40 in my favor. Okay. So I decided mathematically not to do it. And, and if I had, and in the end, if I had pushed in on that hand with the nines, I would have won and knocked all three of them out at the same time. Uh, I know. So those are the ones where you go, oh, I can't believe I didn't go in on that. But when I think it through chronologically, I'm like, no, I can see why I made that decision. The other thing I noticed on the night when I went, you were the only woman there. Is that a thing? Is that a thing in the poker world in general? I think, yeah. And does it bother you or do you quite like that? I'm a comedian. Mm -hmm. I know. You're you're used to male-dominated I'm used to that. Yes, I'm used to that that environment and that workspace. You have to use everything that you've got in poker. And while it isn't mainly a game of bluff, certainly, and you get to know each other. So I've played with Mm -hmm. these guys. You know, I play with these guys week in, week out. And you get to know each other's... um, Foibles. Foibles. Their way of playing, their strategies, what they tend to do, what they tend not to do. And as much as I learn them, they get to know me as a player. But certainly being female is helpful in an environment where if I do go to a casino, them not knowing me means that automatically I am very slight, I'm very small, Mm -hmm. I look quite young. I I scream fish. 
But then at the same time, when someone like me walks into a poker room by themselves, you'd be an idiot to think that that woman's like, hey, I just thought I'd try this. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Mm. What's that card? Um, but yeah, you use it. What's yeah. the most What's the most glamorous sort of setting? And what's the dingiest, most down at heel setting you've played poker in? I think playing up in Edinburgh, there was a charity poker tournament. And so that was probably the most fancy because we were in the casino that was doing, was it maybe the EPT tour was yeah, up there at yeah. the same time? So that was probably the fan. That's the only time I've played, the closest I've gotten to playing a casino tournament. And what about, what What would you say is the seediest joint you've ever, uh, look at that, just suddenly gone back to the 50s there. I don't think, I mean, have I played seedy That's poker? Just gumshoe novel there. You know what, I've never even played strip poker. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think of strip poker seedy. I think the first time I ever saw strip poker portrayed on television was an episode of MASH. <laughs> betting for things like socks and they were, they're all really cold. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. But, I mean, strip poker could be, I mean, it depends who you play with, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it could be seedy. It could be quite romantic, I guess. I've never played it. I don't it. know. I think it's one of those things that's just been invented by, like, college Man. teen movies. You know, you don't think it exists. I don't think it's a thing people actually do outside of outside of teen movies and and porn. I think it's know. not. I don't think it's that sexual because I think, like you said, like in Mash, most of the people who play it aren't interested in each other, and <laughs> it's very rare to find a woman that's going to be like, "Oh, you play poker? Want to play strip poker?" Mm. It just won't happen. She'll she she'd suggest other things. Mm. Well, let me ask you this about poker. What do you think is the most common misconception people have from watching it on, on, on screen? Because it always has that thing that... i tell you the thing I find, for instance, that when you play with somebody who hasn't really done it before and they'll do that thing because they watch it, you'll, you'll bet. You go, I'll bet, I'll bet 300. And they'll do that thing of going, well, I'll see you at 300. And I'll raise, raise it you. to 300. <laughs> and you go... And then they try and do that. You go, no, you just said I'll see you at 300. So that's it. That's you it, have to yeah. just see it. You can't raise. If you wanted to raise, you had to say... I'll raise you 300. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one that people tend to get wrong. The rules in poker are really, really strict in order to avoid cheating. Mm-hmm. So really strict. So the first thing that you say is what you have to put down. And is it because then people might say, I'll see your whatever, and then they could gauge what your reaction is, and then based on your reaction, decide whether or not to then raise you. Is that Yeah, really- it, yes. That kind of stuff, you know, kind of playing for, it's it's kind of like a slow bay, you know, what is what did someone accuse me of the other day is string betting. You're not supposed to, Drop your chips slowly. You need to make your your intentions clear in one. Just push the entire lot. You can't say, "I'll see you and I'll raise you." You can't do that. You need to say straight away. So, for example, if what I did was I had said seven hundred, so I said seven, but I used three chips, a five hundred, and a one, and a one, and I put them down slowly. So then he accused me of string betting, which is where a player first calls, bets, or raises a certain amount and then adds more. So they're like, "Oh, you string bet there," because I put down, I didn't put all the chips down at once, but I had said but you seven. Said it, yeah, I said seven before I even added it. So it, I was like, "No, I was clear. I said seven. I just took my time putting the chips down." And so it was just a, it was a jovial thing. It wasn't like a, you're cheating. But if I had just put my chips down slowly without saying anything, then, then they could have, have even have said if they were being super strict, they would have gone, no, your 500 came down first. You can only bet that's 500 because yeah, you right. took too long to add the other two. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll see on TV when people do it, they'll like stack it all up. They'll count it out and then they'll push the stack forward yeah. so that in one movement, their intentions are clear. 
Because I also know one of the other traditions is that you're not supposed to overly celebrate when you win a hand. That's considered very ungentlemanly conduct. But if you overly, yes, in your face, that, but that, everybody that's another will, thing, get uh, kicked a, out of a tournament. On a tense hand, especially if, you know, two people are all in or they're on their backs, which means we mm-hmm. can see their hands because there's no more betting happening. You know, and the cards are coming down. The whole table's going to make noise when, when there's a, you know, yeah. particularly interest, you know, interesting card run coming down or if someone's been rivered. Mm-hmm. everyone's going to go, Whoa! <laughs> everyone's going to make noise. What do you think the mo- most, as they common misnomers or misconceptions are then? In the movies, they will always use an ace. <laughs> and you also find that people used to watch, remember when Channel 5 used to show poker late night? Yeah. And everybody would watch that. Then they'd all pile out to, that was sort of the heyday of poker. And that's mm-hmm. where I, I went to Foxes because the number of people who were a little bit drunk in the middle of town would stumble their way to Foxes. Do you understand and, the basic tenets of the game? Well, they think they do. Yeah. And then they're playing all sorts of things because they don't understand anything about the math or the mm-hmm. fact that they know that aces are good. They know that kings are are, are preferable, mm-hmm. but they don't really get how to play anything. You know, every pair of cards has its own mathematics to yeah, it. Yeah. And they won't they won't know how to do that, or they're just too drunk and you just play the Because well, you watch game. it you watch it drunk at home and you think, you know, because and because it is a lot easier when you're at home because you can see everybody's cards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can see everybody's cards and the percentage chance of them winning. Yeah. And you and you watch that and you think you're absorbing it. And really, for certainly like me, because I have, I have spent yeah. hours just sitting, just not wanting to go to bed and just watching it. It's a very It's addictive, a watchable sport. It's incredible. It's chewing them for the eyes, though. It's, it's not a, you're not following a plot. You're, not, you're just watching yeah. it. And you think, I particularly, maybe it's chewing a bloke thing. Chewing gum for the eyes? Yeah. Can I just say that's a beautiful phrase? It's not my own. I didn't invent no? it. No? But it's just... I've never heard it's, that. It's chewing just gum sort of for like the meaningless eyes. TV. Yeah, it's chewing gum for the eyes. I think all reality TV is that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But you watch, watch it and you... Think you can trick yourself into thinking you're learning poker yeah. and that you're absorbing it all. If you really want to learn it, do something like go on YouTube and follow someone. Like Daniel Negrano does this a lot. He'll live. You can watch him as he plays mm-hmm. because then you can see how he responds to the knowledge that he has, and which is not everybody's hand because you're watching mm-hmm. what he's seeing. That's far more useful because then you get a feel from that of how a really good player will play in every position around the table. I mean, you know, it's a lot of it's edited out. That's the other thing. People forget that a lot is edited sure. out. When people just folding or it's tiny little hands yeah. or, you know, you know, someone just gets the blinds or whatever, it, all of that gets cut. Mm-hmm. from. They only show you the yeah. interesting hands on telly. Um, but, but that's more useful is to go and, and sort of watch, find, find those videos where you're only watching from one person's perspective. And then you can get a feel for how much. Yeah. But that, that's really interesting for me for bet sizes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But online, again, it's different online to in real life. Online, they'll tell you how much the pot is. Mm-hmm. So they'll go, okay, this pot is currently, you know, $9,000. Mm-hmm. And then you have a chance to bet. And then you can automatically know that theoretically I should bet half the pot or maybe a third of the pot or, um, you know, then you can, you have a little slider or you can just click bet half pot, go. And it's so much easier. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're in real life, everyone chucks their chips in and then it's a big pile and And you've you've either kept track of whatever, you know, you know, okay, well the, the max bet was 400 and there's four of us in. So now the pot's 1600. Mm -hmm. Oh, but plus the blind who folded. So that's actually 1800, you know, you know, you have to kind of do all that calculation on the fly or literally go in there and sort out the pot and see what it is in order to figure out roughly 
So it's different in real life because you have, mm. it's slower as yeah. well. Real life is a lot slower. I feel like they don't show the, the poker as much now on TV as they did. And I wonder if part of it is the fact that there used to be all these personalities. You mentioned Daniel Legrand. Mm. People like, you know, was it is Jennifer Tilly? Yeah, yeah, I love you know, Tilly. Oh, it was her. She's there playing poker with, the, you know, as a pro, yeah. and and her husband as well, who's also a big. Is he? He's, he's a big personality poker player. Phil Lack. Yeah, Phil Lack is an Irish American poker player. Yeah, and a commentator. Oh, they're together. <laughs> and I just felt it was you. You saw these great personalities. A kind of a change as all the online players started joining, where it was just dudes in hoodies with sunglasses on, with headphones in, just listening mm. to music while they played. And it suddenly wasn't nearly as telegenic. Would you not agree that the, that the televised poker it used to have, as I say, all these great yes. giant personalities yeah. and it just really felt like you were getting a window into a, a glamorous world of poker and personalities and celebrities and, and titans of a game. And then it just seemed to be replaced by just, as I say, just dudes in sunglasses and hoodies just not even interacting just taking that online attitude to a to a live game and it's just like well this is not interesting to watch the game, that's the thing the game's evolved hasn't it I mean back you know before online poker you played in real life you knew the players you were playing there was smoking allowed indoors the women dressed in pretty dresses and served you drinks all night it was a very different um environment and then online poker came along and with online poker comes all of the side technologies that you can add to your computer in order to track your stats and track Mm -hmm. your play and track your opponent's stats and and everything else and it's become a very different very different game and now we have yeah we've got kids in their 20s that are millionaires off the back of of being good at it and they because it was a generation that got rich online poker and then it became crypto yeah. And now the crypto's gone, it's probably going to go back to poker again. <laughs> <laughs> so you're predicting a resurgence in poker following the collapse of crypto. Either that or, I mean, if they figure out how to monetize a, a Tamagotchi, then maybe that's next. <laughs> I don't know. It strikes me as much more of a Gen Z thing to stay at home and raise Tamagotchi. So, Rhea... I enjoy poker. You already have a receptive audience here, but pitch me. Pitch me poker as a hobby. Poker is probably the only hobby that if you do it well, it could buy you a house. So yeah, okay. So that's it. It's not just fun. You can make money. Yeah, it's social. It's social. It keeps your brain active. There's, you know, you don't have to to engage in the math side of it, Mm -hmm. but it helps. I do it in a pub. Who doesn't love hanging out in a pub? Mm. All right. It's the only activity where you could literally walk into a pub and walk out of it with more than you went into it with. No other pub activity. <laughs> oh, maybe quizzing. Pub quizzing. But it's a lot less work than pub quizzing. Like pub quizzing, you have to know stuff. Jerking people off in the toilets. That's another oh, really? way to get, yeah, that's another you way. Charge you can, for that, do you? That's another way you can okay. leave with more money than you came in. Yeah, it's true. I should also point out that you can also lose money on, on poker and oh. on also on, on, on jerking people off in the <laughs> Why would you pay people to do that? Did you win? I did not win. But for the first time, and probably the only time in, in, in this whole series, I did better at the thing than the person whose hobby, who, who hobby it is. I'm going to file that under a win. It's counterbalanced by the fact that there's no proof of it. As you know, my car was broken into in Jizzik. 
Chiswick, so, of all the places. Of all the places. Posh old Chiswick. Yeah. Terrible Chiswick's so, gone downhill. Hasn't it? Oh, it's an awful place. I'm now down on an iPad and a Zoom field recorder and an entire episode of a podcast. <laughs> but it was good, yes. So, and, and exactly as I predicted, I looked like an idiot when it came to my shuffle. Did you drop your cards? I, I did. I did that thing as well where I, I, like I dealt one face oh, up and God, all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I also, it's funny, I did that thing, you know, of playing so, I'm, I don't want to say badly, but badly, but it just confused people. What, and then you went in for the kill? You could see a couple of times when I won hands, people were like, but you, but why would you? And then I get to, ah, because I foxed you. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just didn't know the value of your own hand. No, you didn't. You foxed them. <laughs> well, I foxed them by accident. I couldn't yeah. do it. I, because I can't tell, my face can't lie. I'd be hopeless at it. Mm-hmm. I'd be grinning if I had a good hand. <laughs> and I'd be scowling. I'd just chuck it all in. All this <laughs> and shit, I can't win anything with this. <laughs> Rubbish. I'm not a fan of poker as a hobby because I think a hobby needs to either improve your fitness or improve your being. Wait. Like, you need to learn something. And a hobby can't be something you, you have to, that thing has to improve you. It can just, it just, it just focuses your mind. You can just spend time doing it. I mean, how, if somebody made models of landscapes out of matchsticks, what's that improving other than your ability to make models out of matchsticks? Well, you find motor skills. You can poker, then, you know, it's your, it's your mathematics. It's all about working out the odds of where one hand is better than another hand. Well, I suppose that's yeah. right. And you can also... Earn money. Yeah, but that's what you have a job for. Like, your hobby should be something different to your job. Although, I suppose you you will argue then that if you could make money doing something you love, then you should do that. There we go. Isn't it great that we don't even need to talk? You can can know what I would have said had I said it. Well, what would you have said? I probably would have said something like that. (laughs) Ed Byrne Needs a Hobby was presented by me, Ed Byrne. Obviously. The music was by Clementine Arnold, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.